Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and this is Three Words. Today, I talk with Steve Risky, counselor, pastor, thought leader, entrepreneur, about the concept of happiness. Does happiness exist? What is happiness? What is this craving that we have as a culture for always being happy? Steve Risky does what he always does in our conversations together. He provides insights, illustrations, amazing stories to help us understand how to truly be happy without chasing happiness. Enjoy the episode. Steve Risky. Great to have you with me today in our new Three Words podcast studio. It's good to be here. Um, thought leader, counselor, therapist, pastor, friend. Uh, I love listening to your insights, which is why I'm so excited to have this particular conversation today. Kick us off with our three words. Okay. Stop chasing happiness. Happiness. It is the talk of the town. It is the thing that everyone wants. If you talk to any human being and says, what do you want in life? I just want to be happy. Mm -hmm. Is it achievable? Is it possible? What is happiness? Okay. So before you ask what is happiness, when I said it, I heard myself say, stop chasing happiness. Like I'm some sort of, uh, oppressor who wants you to not be happy. Mm. Right. And, and, and so it feels like if I stop chasing happiness, I'll never have it. But it's actually the chase of happiness that causes us to not have it. So it's not stop chasing happiness. It's stop chasing happiness. Um, but what is it? Well, happiness is a feeling and, and feelings are terribly important. Like, uh, maybe you remember there's a commercial a couple of years ago where, uh, the, the sergeant from one of the Vietnam war movies is a therapist in the commercial and, uh, the, 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 client is whining about his feelings and he goes, you know what makes me sad? You, you mamby pamby, he like throws a box of Kleenex at him as though, as though counseling is either this indulgence of our feelings yeah. or, or there's this sort of response to it that, that we shouldn't have them. But feelings are the after effect that report if the thing went well. Ooh, I like that. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of our study of feelings in terms of emotions can actually pull off of our feelings of our, our, our sense of touch or our ability to feel because there is a disease of a person who can't feel. Hmm. And that's, that's leprosy. Leprosy happens. And maybe you saw the movie Kingdom of Heaven or some sort of representation where people who can't feel, um, they, they destroy. And it's not just that they destroy, they end up destroying whatever they love. Uh, so me, I, I, you know, I have some guitars. I love to play my guitar. And if I couldn't feel in my fingertips, I could pursue my love until my fingers are bleeding and falling off without any cost to myself. No report back to me that, Hey, you're beginning to do damage to you. So feelings are terribly important, both pain, happiness, all of them report back whether it's working. But happiness, it seems like when I hear individuals talk about happiness. It's almost like the ultimate feeling. That's right. It's almost the accumulation of all of these positive things. Mm -hmm. And I can now call the umbrella term happiness. But what you're saying is we don't chase it. It is an overflow or an outcome of a life well lived. The well, good it life. Should be. Uh-huh. Only let's go back to feelings for a second, because if I want to feel really, really well right now, and I mean like crazy well, heroin. I could, I could, I could take heroin right now. And I would, as I've been told, feel the best I've ever felt in my life. And you would tell me this is a terrible idea. 
So in and of itself, it can't obviously be the only thing because if the fuel that I've used to get there is not actually living with the reality of my well-being, well, it just pushes the cost, of course. Way. But the reason we don't want it to do heroin is because we know the cost of it is going to be so egregious to ourselves. Right? Well, and, and heroin doesn't produce happiness. It produces pleasure. And so there's this momentary pleasure okay. that – is followed by consequences and pain, oh, right? Oh, so, but you were, I was chasing it. I, I'm telling you, mm. from what I understand, it was the best feeling I could have. Only. But would it be happiness? That great yeah. feeling, the best feeling I ever had? Is it happiness? Right. So now we begin to define happiness as uh, something more than just the feeling of pleasure that one would have in a moment. And maybe uh, an elongated state of well-being. Ooh. Right. Isn't that what you're basically saying? I like that. An elongated yeah. state. You just gave a definition. Is that Webster's or is that risky? No, I just made that up. <laughs> right <laughs> An now. elongated state of well-being. In fact, you've actually tied in when, when people ask me, how can I achieve happiness? Mm. I say those who are the happiest people are those who live lives of wisdom, mm-hmm. meaning lives lived well. Yes. So you would agree with that? Absolutely. So if you live a life that's well and whole mm-hmm. and healthy – you will always feel happy or you'll oh, achieve happiness. What so, does that look like? Because remember, happiness is the, um, is the report. Our feelings are reports. So I, when I went to leprosy, it was important because I said, if I get rid of feelings, I can do incredible damage to myself. Mm-hmm. So if there, was this, uh, there was this doctor who developed an incredible system for people who suffered leprosy to help them artificially feel, to help them know when they were crossing the line. Uh, touching and, something that was hot or touching something mm-hmm. that would hurt them. Okay. Yes. Well, here's the craziness. They ended up ditching the whole thing because lepers would turn it off. You see, I wanted to keep going with my playing guitar. I wanted to keep going with this thing that I wanted. And when the system was telling me I should be feeling pain, I wanted to keep going. And it's just a flick of the switch and it's off. And so what happened was people wanted to keep the thing they believed was giving them well-being, even when the report back should have been, it is no longer giving you health or well-being physically, right? Which is crazy that we want this very bad. So one of the reasons chasing happiness is so dangerous is we can begin, because remember, happiness is just a report back from our feeling system that the system's working well, Mm -hmm. that we are well. But what if I want happiness, but I'm not, as you've said, using wisdom or using the the things that produce long-term well-being? And uh, so another example of this phenomena, it happened in the 90s. The baseball player Steve Garvey was uh, was on these commercials for a, a diet drug that you could take that was going to magically trap the fat. The, the commercial said, eat <laughs> anything you want. And you won't get fat because this, this drug is going to go in there and it's just going to find the fats and then help you expel it from your body. And of course it was all fraud and there were all these lawsuits about it, but it was all over TV. If, if you're a uh, Gen X or older and remember, uh, that sort of thing. And, uh, you see, we want, I want the outcomes of having lived healthy. And of course, uh, I often joke about, it, I think on these podcasts too, that for me, one of the things that I also want is donuts. Mm-hmm. I do. I love donuts. I had a donut yesterday. It was so good. And, uh, and yet I have to be aware that it is in violation of my long-term goals of being healthy and fit and, and able to climb mountains and what I want to do. And so I end up in this war with myself where I really want is the outcomes 
healthy, fit in, in the physical sense. But am I willing to live with the incomes, mm. the diet and exercise required for it? And then they come into a battle, right? But the, but the one donut surely isn't destructive. And so I think what you're saying is, well, I guess it could be right. But, right. but then you want more and you want more and you want more. I think, mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to get in the minds of so, our listeners so, and viewers. Okay. So when we, when we think in that we, we've used some physical examples, right? Because if we can think how our bodies work, we can think uh, how our soul or our psyche works. We did this last time when we talked about mm-hmm. feed your soul, right? Mm-hmm. So if we think about how our body works, where we've talked about diet drugs and we've talked about uh, people turning off pain sensors, whatever, what if we are trying to do the same things with our inner being? We're trying to separate that which damages me. Uh, we'll use the donut here. Maybe things like revenge or bitterness or, mm. or, uh, or malice or all these, uh, these little things, these little treats we allow ourselves, so to speak. Holding grudges. There's an example, okay. right? That we, that we know in the long term is going to do great damage to us. And we're saying, but I'll allow myself this one or that one. And, you know, you, you teach wisdom around here and, and no one lives the, the wisdom rules a hundred percent. If I followed you around, I'd find you in violation of your rules. Just of as course. Much me, right. And yet to the extent that we broadly do it, that we pay attention to how we're feeding and, and, and living out our, our, our psyche or our soul or our, our sort of inner being. So we started with physical. Now we, we move because happiness is much more a, a psyche or soul mm-hmm. representation. Mm-hmm. So. We do the same thing we talked about last time. What am I putting in and how am I thinking about it? And pursuing happiness could be like a person who is pursuing external fitness using drugs. So back to the analogy, the physical body, right? Gotcha. There are a lot of diet drugs that can hurt you drastically in the long haul, but in the short run can make it look like you've done that, which is healthy, right? So it's not true health it just looks like health and 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 i'll just pay the piper later yeah right i hope you enjoy my conversation with steve risky so far if you would like to support this podcast simply subscribe to our youtube channel or share our podcast with a friend so so this idea and i and i I use this phrase a lot and i'm curious your response to it but that happiness is not a pursuit or should not be a pursuit but is a fruit. That's exactly the word, right? Okay. So it's a it is, fruit of. So the pursuit should be wellness. Um, and I'll give an example of why happiness can't be in a good work on this one. I have a, uh, a, a good friend who near the beginning of COVID, no one knows why, early 50s, incredibly good shape, uh, laid down on the couch in the evening near the fire. It was like one of the uh, last fires of the spring, you know, in his house. And, uh, and his wife had gone to bed. She thought, oh, he'll be bed soon. She got up in the morning. He was gone. Just gone. And, and we went through uh, deep sadness, right? It was, it was shock. And, 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 and his son away. calls me on the phone mm-hmm. and, and he's in just all out panic sadness. And, and, and I've walked a long distance with my friends and they long for well-being. But do I want, could you imagine walking in that day saying, the point of the situation right now is for you to be happy. Right. That would be absurd, right? Mm-hmm. Real well-being in that moment was appropriate grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, a soul that knew how to let its sadness flow, um, that didn't try to live in uh, outside of reality and be like, oh yeah, he'll be back tomorrow. 
you know, denial would that would have denial would have been an attempt to try to feel better that would have really done incredible damage, right? So And often people who are grieving, they'll often say, I feel so sad mm-hmm. in the situation, someone who lost their husband and their father mm-hmm. to say, Will I ever be happy again? Mm-hmm. You'll hear that question. It's like, will yes. I ever? And what are they describing is that feeling of wholeness, that feeling of contentment, that feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, Steve, you obviously work in counseling. I work in coaching. Yeah, People are coming to us regularly because they want to be happier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why is there such this preoccupation with, I want to be happy. I just need to be happy. And even parents mm-hmm. say this mm-hmm. to their kids. Oh, I just want, I just want my kids to be happy. Sure. What, what, yeah. what, where does this preoccupation come from? And what is really the deeper parts of that? Well, I think of feeling of well-being, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In other words, if, uh, if I have a broken arm, the desire to not being in pain anymore would be really um, expected, right? Sure. You would be going, Steve, stop wanting to feel better. Right. But if I only think in those terms, it, mm-hmm. I will be indiscriminate of what I do to get there. Ooh. So in this case, morphine, right? The drug, the physical drugs, right? So what if we're drugging our kids to make them happy? I mean, try telling a 12-year-old that they can't have a phone. I have a 12-year-old. I've tried it. It has not produced happiness for him. But as a parent, I am profoundly aware of how much unwell-being that phone's going to provide for him. So I have to make a choice as a parent, right? Am I going to, quote, make them happy? And I use quotes in this sense because I'm thinking of his long-term well-being. Or am I going to help him be well, knowing that if he pursues wellness, he will have the greatest happiness? So notice how by chasing happiness, I could take a horrible turn. But by thinking about health and well-being, I will actually expect a greater harvest of happiness. Steve, you do it every time we have these conversations. You bring such insight and illustration and examples to what is a complex topic. And you said it perfectly as we wrap up this conversation in that stop chasing happiness, but start chasing or pursuing wellness. Mm -hmm. And then as an overflow, you actually will experience an elongated, if I can use your Mm -hmm. definition, sense of well-being. A warning here though. Okay. Okay. So supposing I decide I no longer will chase happiness and I'm only going to live by whatever set of rules I make, believing that they'll bring me greater happiness. What if one of my rules is wrong? What if one of my rules is poorly formed and I'm living by a rule that's causing me greater long-term unhappiness? You know, a person who says, uh, you know, their work is number one in their life and they're going to try this. Well, we can guess the relational unhappiness, right? Right. Our feelings are really important reporters of whether it's working. So if you're pursuing wisdom and over time you have this profound lack of well-being in your life over time, you should use those feelings to go back and check the rules, Right. Oh, I'm feeling profoundly unwell. I've turned into a workaholic and everyone in my life hates me. Maybe my rules didn't work in this case, right? But the the feelings are terribly important because they report back. So we need to be ongoing. We need to be regularly examining our lives. That's right. Really taking time to pause and reflect. Mm -hmm. Is this working? But also I would imagine you'd say having 
living out our lives in the context of community yes. will also help because if someone around you is seeing that you're unhappy and you mm-hmm. keep doing the same things, they might say, that doesn't seem to be in allowing that kind yeah. of input from those outside of you. Because obviously when we're in our own minds and our mm-hmm. own hearts and our own lives, we don't always see as clearly so on, we should. So on one ditch is pretending happy if feelings don't matter and happiness doesn't matter and just living by wisdom without any feedback, that's going to live like the leper. The other ditch today was if I attempt to headlong pursue happiness without mm. regard to the methods and the wisdom that lived it, I should expect maybe some short-term rewards with some terrible long-term consequences. Wisdom produces happiness. And then happiness reports back on whether the wisdom was working. Steve Risky, always a pleasure. Thanks for keeping us all out of the ditch. All right. Until next time. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.